the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and thanks for joining us this week. On the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that the healthcare experience has to change, and we're trying to do something about it. If you want to help healthcare be more about consumers and innovation, especially in digital channels, this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement, and you're going to be one of the ones leading meaningful change. Each week, we speak with leaders who are part of this movement. We share tips on shifting the way that healthcare is experienced digitally and the backstage strategies to stay ahead of the curve in your marketing operations and technology. This is episode number 140. We're now in season four, which is all about digital innovation and career guidance. One resource we provide to help you become an agent of change, ladies and gentlemen, is the Shift.Health Content Network. This is an influential thought leadership platform. It currently includes 25, actually make that 26, podcasts and video series. One of my favorite series on Shift.Health is The Resilience Journey. This series was created just this year for everyone who's struggling with an unexpected job change, a derailed career plan, or unfulfilling work. Join me as I uncover the unexpected moments in the career journeys of admirable leaders by digging into the moments in their careers that we don't often hear about. The first season's free and available on demand, so go subscribe and check that out. So here's what's going to go down today. We've got the flavor of the week about how you know that you're not the crazy one in the room. Then speaking of the resilience journey, the rest of today's program is an encore interview from that series featuring Rachel Ford Hutman, who founded Ford Hutman Media at the very moment that we began to realize just how serious the pandemic was becoming. What I enjoy the most from speaking with Rachel is her answer to the question she gets the most from colleagues. How did she know the time was right for the biggest move in her career? I think you'll enjoy hearing her speak about the importance of confidence, exploring related career fields, and swallowing your pride. You'll hear how Rachel didn't let the pandemic sidetrack her. She simply redirected her efforts. Okay, it's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. Relax, it's not you, it's them. I enjoy every time I hear someone say, I'm glad to know I'm really not the crazy one in the room. This happened again just a few days ago on a call with a colleague who cares deeply about improving our industry. It was clear by her ideas and experiences that she was sharing. As light bulbs were going off in my head, I began to realize how many of you are out there with game-changing ideas that you're not sure what to do with. In fact, you end up questioning them because you might get a lackluster response when you start sharing those ideas with your peers. You expect it to light up their world in the same way it lights up yours. You know you're onto something, but you end up keeping it to yourself and start questioning your own sanity. Unfortunately, this happens way too often. Soon you, an expert in innovation and design, and the author of the book Iconic Advantage, explained that organizations are full of reliability people, those who rely on what's already proven, and their job is to do it better. Then there are those of us who are validity people, 
We're the ones who look for new truths and how to validate them. In my opinion, without validity people, companies, products, and entire industries would stay stagnant and fade into oblivion. So I want to give a shout out to all the validity people out there. Every one of you who's ever had a crazy idea for how to improve any aspect of our jobs. You're sitting there right now between Zoom calls saying to yourself, there's a simple way to fix that part of our online scheduling system that we just spent an hour complaining about in that meeting. Or this one idea would give us the best telehealth customer experience in our market. Or imagine if we only spent a million dollars on branded keywords this year instead of five million. Or if we spent 30% less on billboards next quarter, we could put that towards a better online bill pay. Remember what we've heard on this podcast this season from guests such as Chris Bevelo, Carrie Lichen, Christy Abong, and Brian Callis. It's time to hit the gas or hit the dust. It's time to step up and seize the moment that COVID-19 has presented healthcare marketers. We always talk about wanting to have a seat at the table, and many more of you have earned that seat this year. So what are you going to do with it? Not sure who to share your idea with? I'll listen. My cell number is 972-561-0025. Text me, call me, 972-561-0025. I'm serious. I want to hear your ideas and I'll do whatever I can to help make them a reality. Bottom line, we need your crazy ideas. We need you to ask, why not? We need you to challenge the status quo. Digital transformation isn't just a title on a PowerPoint deck anymore. It's everything. And your little idea can make a difference. And that's the flavor of the Week. All right, what a treat. I'm joined today by Rachel Ford Hutman, founder of Ford Hutman Media. Rachel, how are you today? Hey, Jared. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on. So I hope you're finding ways to avoid weather, wildfires, viruses, and just every <laughs> everything else out there that might be happening right now, generally, even in, in the amazing part of the country, which is Southern California. Thank you. Yes, I, I am managing to stay safe, and I, I hope you and everyone listening is as well. For sure. Doing our best. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's found the, the perfect way to deal with everything, but hopefully we're all finding some way to deal with, with everything out there right now. Agreed. Agreed. Now, Rachel, speaking of pandemic, speaking of things we're trying to avoid, I'm really excited to get into this journey with you because I really feel like it represents the journey that a lot of, let's be really clear, a lot of people look up to you for what you've been able to do this year. And, and I, I mean that very genuinely. A lot of people have, have found themselves are kind of living vicariously through through your journey right now. And I love hearing that because we all want to know that the people are able to find their way around the challenges that are going on. And when when things don't go exactly according to plan, or when there's when there are just unexpected you know moments that we've had to figure out. I, I'm sure we all kind of in, in some way or another, we all kind of think like we are we're resilient. You know, we can get through stuff. But I just find it interesting, you know, timing is everything, right? So you founded Fort Hutman Media as the pandemic was was kind of starting to really get going. So let's start with that part of your story, because I'd love to hear where you are now. And then we're going to go backwards, kind of work our way backwards to, you know, to where, where you were before and how you got here now. So tell us about Fort Hutman Media. Walk us through this process. How did you found this company in the middle of a pandemic? Oh, my goodness. Well, so happy to share first of all, because so many people 
ask me these questions, especially right now when we're seeing journalism being shaken up, COVID affecting reporters um, quite a bit, and also the PR industry too. So I've been having a lot of my PR friends reach out to me, you know, looking for jobs. So more than happy to share my journey, but just to quickly share with listeners. So Ford Hubman Media, I founded it in March. I previously was leading global communications at IBM. And I knew for a while I wanted to go out on my own and I was just looking at the timing. And obviously I didn't know pandemic was about to hit. Might've made some different decisions if I did, but I put in my notice at IBM in mid-February. And I don't know if you recall, but that was when we still kind of didn't really take this whole thing seriously yet. And I put in my notice and I kid you not, like a week later, the world stopped, Jared. And I was like, oh my God, did I just like ruin my life? <laughs> you know, I'm leaving my cushy corporate job to go out on my own. And there was definitely some fear. And I was really scared. I'm not going to lie to you. But I stayed the course. I'm incredibly lucky to be in healthcare and technology, you know, two strong, robust industries. And that was kind of why I was drawn to them in the beginning. But, you know, we'll go, we'll go back to that later. Yeah, I stayed the course. You know, the companies that I'd already been having conversations with things changed a little bit, you know, things paused. I had a lot of meetings get canceled or shift because shifted because, you know, companies didn't know how they were going to be dealing with the pandemic, right? So they had to figure that out internally before they could look to, you know, external services like communications. So there was definitely some, some scary moments, but I think staying the course and having the right relationships with people really helped me. Yeah, we're going to dive into relationships for sure. Those had to have been a key part of every part of your journey. Let's talk timing. So, you know, besides the fact of it being during the pandemic, what led up to that? Like you said, that that wasn't the plan. So, but but things led up to like, this is the time, you know, we're going to do it now. Yeah. So I was having a lot of conversations with my former client clients. I'd already worked at a few PR agencies over the years. And so there's a big conference called the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference in January in San Francisco. And I went to that conference and just met with a lot of my former clients, my former colleagues, and just started kind of, you know, asking the right questions. Like, would you want to work with me if I went out on my own and started my own agency? And I was getting really good feedback from people. So that really gave me the confidence to know this was the right time. And the other thing I did was have a lot of conversations with people that had done this before, right? So I would encourage your listeners, if there's something they're interested in, go talk to people that have done that and find those people and ask them questions and, you know, be vulnerable. Tell them you're nervous, you're scared. What can they share with you? And I found that people wanted to share their stories and lessons learned with me a lot. And people really respected that I was asking for their advice. You know, people that I had worked with 10 years ago, I went back to and and said, Hey, I know it's been a while, but I would love to, you know, pick your brain about your experience doing this. And, you know, Jared, people were just so open and shared so much with me. And during those conversations, sometimes they would like connect me with other people in the industry and say, you should talk to this person, you know, that has done it. So that also helped me to network. And just really, it just opened my eyes that, you know, other people that had done it were telling me I could do it and that they saw that in me. And that also gave me the confidence to do it because, you know, you do need a few people telling you, yes, 
I see that entrepreneurial spirit in you or, or whatever that thing is that your listeners are going for, you know, it just really helps to talk to people that have done it before. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Were there any specific questions as you were doing those kind of check-ins with people ahead of time that, that you really just wanted to, to hear them say a certain thing other than that? I mean, were there any specifics that you're asking about? Yeah. Well, for me, you know, starting my own agency, I was really curious how many clients people felt like they needed to go out on their, you know, if there was like a certain number of clients or accounts, they felt like they really needed. So that was something I was really picking people's brains about. I also was curious, like when to hire one, when to know that you should start bringing, you know, on additional resources. So that was something. So I was getting very tactical with it. And then I kept asking them how I know the right time. You know, the question you just asked me, I absolutely kept asking them, like, how do I know? How do I know? And um, it's funny. I, I actually think it's kind of similar to when you decide to have a child. It's like you, you think, I don't know, before you've ever had a child, you think there's going to be this moment that, like, the light bulb goes off and says, okay, I'm finally, like, mature and adult enough to have a child. And, and that never happens. <laughs> you just have to jump off the cliff, right? For anyone that's had a, had a kid and you jump off the cliff and realize like, oh, of course you're, you know, responsible enough to have a child. It's the same kind of thing I think with starting your own company. You just have to kind of jump off the cliff and say, you know what? I'm ready. I've done my homework. You know, I've done my due diligence. And then you jump. And like you and I have talked about, you know, before it's like you jump off and you realize it actually wasn't even a cliff to jump off of. Like, it's just not that hard. Now, I will say, though, you do have to make sure you have the right relationships. You do have to, you know, make sure you have the right technologies in place, the right resources, because one of the things I heard quite a bit when I had those conversations with other people that had done this, Jared, is they told me the people that had started out too young in their career and didn't have the right network and relationships built, they told me they did struggle and it did take them longer before they were profitable. And sometimes they did have to go back into the industry to grow their networks more. And when I had that conversation with them, they usually then told me like I was right at that perfect time. So I've got 15 years of experience and they told me 15 is plenty. I'm sure industries are different depending on you know where your listeners are, but they told me like usually 10 to 15 years is a good kind of checkpoint for having been in that industry enough, long enough. And I was also really lucky. I moved around quite a bit. And in public relations, we're kind of known to do this. Usually people move like two to three years. It's a pretty fast moving industry. And I actually think that helped me quite a bit because I was able to just build my network so much every time I moved and working with different companies. Comparatively, when I worked at IBM, a lot of people at IBM had been there for like in this one company, 10 to 15 years. Now, granted, it's a huge company, a lot of different business units, so you still can build your network quite a bit inside one company if it's large enough. But if you've only worked at one company for a long time, I think sometimes that does slow your network down as far as expanding. Yeah, I would agree to that. I see that as well. And what I've seen people do to overcome that is become more involved in other networking events and groups, associations and conferences. And, and there, there are still ways to do it, but they do have to work a little in different ways, I would say, to build up that network at that point. I agree. You're right. Yeah. I mean, definitely at conferences. Yeah. Going to the right events, all of those things help grow the network too. I mean, LinkedIn is amazing. I've met so many people over LinkedIn. I can't even tell you. And just keeping in touch with people too, like taking the time to actually reach out and make sure you're still continuing to build those relationships as well after you've stopped working with them or after you've finished a project. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a part that, that kind of, when we're always looking for like relationship hacks, like networking hacks, professional hacks of, of kind of how to do this. Sure. There, there's a lot of strategy involved, but when we're built in this industry that is so relationship based, that has to take an even greater proportion of our time, I guess, to, to really be effective. And I'm glad you called that part out because it's not, it is not a set it and forget it. Like relationships do take time to for people to understand. You never know when that's the person that is going to call you back and call you so out of the blue. Yes. that they're like, but yeah, you're the person for us right now. Yes, and when you've really worked with someone and worked with a company and you know had a successful project, like that means so much, right? And you naturally want to go back to someone that you've had that successful project with. And it just feels right. And you know, you work together well, and, and it just feels good. And so I've really realized, you know, uh, throughout my career that that has paid off in dividends, you know, doing good work begets good work, and it just keeps going. I always think about that, too, you know, whenever you're working with anyone, you know, th- like you said, there's going to be something down the road, you don't know what it's going to be, but it's been really interesting. And now that I've gone off on my own, it's been really cool to see some of those people that have come out of the woodwork and, you know, they can't work with me for whatever reason, but they have a friend who's looking for, you know, a, a communications partner. And so they've been able to give me work that way. And it's just been really cool. Well, it sure sounds like you're at such a, a great point in this where, where you, you enjoy what you do right now. I do. I do. I'm very lucky. And, um, you know, I kind of want to pinch myself a little bit because I feel like this is what I kind of was meant to do. And um, before when I was working, you know, for PR agencies and stuff, I just, I kind of, I didn't know necessarily this is what I wanted, but I just didn't feel like it was the perfect fit for me. And I think that's also maybe why I kind of have jumped around quite a bit to different agencies because I just, I wasn't able to find that exact thing that just like really set me on fire. And um, I love working directly with the C-suite, you know, and, and just being able to feel an impact and like we're really pushing projects forward. And just the way the agency model, the big agency model sometimes is, you can be very far removed from the C-suite depending on the company size and all of that. So this has been great. And to be able to choose the companies that I'm working with has been wonderful. You know, I'm very passionate about healthcare and technology and certain things get me really excited for the future of healthcare. And, you know, for whatever reason, certain things don't, you know, so those ones I'm able to give off to, you know, my friends in the industry that might be a better fit, but it's really cool when something comes through the door and I'm like, oh my goodness, this technology is going to be a game changer. And I know that's a great media story and I specialize in media relations. So, so when something like that comes through the door, it's so just rewarding to be able to jump on it because I know I'm the perfect fit for it. And I feel so passionate about it. Love hearing that because we all want to know that that can be where we get to when we f- figure out whatever that next step is. And this is a point hopefully for a long, a long time on that journey of feeling this way. So I love that, which also tells us that some things have gone according to plan. Some things have not. Do we mind getting in, into that, some of that a little bit? Yeah. Some things that either haven't gotten in according to plan or just or just were surprising, I think, in ways that you had to... Yeah, COVID definitely wasn't on my, my vision board. <laughs> I don't know about you. Wasn't on my... No. No. So tell us about that, though. So early on, within within days or weeks, essentially, the world oh. the world was starting to turn on its hinge right then. So how do you reconfigure so early on? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the first things I did was not panic, <laughs> not panic. And I just said, you know what? It's going to be okay. 
And then I reached out to some of my friends that had their own agencies and I did some project work in that kind of interim time when I was still trying to figure out exactly what my clients needed from me. So I did some temporary project work just to keep things, keep myself busy and um, active. Because the one thing too with media is you have to always be talking to the media if you know the stories that they're working on. So yeah, so I just, and then I also wanted them to know that I was, you know, starting my own agency and stuff. So I did, I did a lot of that. And then the other thing I, I focused on, which I think was actually really good, is I got like my website up and running. I got my, my deck where I wanted it to be. And I think that was really smart because I had a little bit more time then before my client work really picked up. And a lot of my friends that have done this for a while have told me they never had that chance. They still don't have a website, you know? And I think that really makes me look very professional considering that, you know, I've only been in business now for six months. People are very impressed that I've already got all the materials needed, you know, and that I'm already already hiring on employees and stuff. So I think I was really able to hit the ground running and that time actually helped me quite a bit. And then also because I wasn't traveling as much, I think I've lucked out a little bit where I haven't had to be jumping on a plane as I'm sure I would, would have been meeting with clients. Now I'm able to do everything remotely. So I've been really lucky, honestly, to kind of focus on building this company in a way that I don't think I would have been able to build it as fast, you know, if COVID didn't happen. So I think that's one of those weird COVID silver linings, you know, that people are talking about. Yeah, sure. Sounds like it. The fact that that you were able to figure out, okay, like that doesn't mean this isn't a sign from the universe that says, you step in the wrong direction. Let, let's turn around and go the other direction. You redirected for a little while, while things were a little unstable, unclear and, and whatnot. And, and you were able to get some of those things done that people don't always get done. I, I think that's, that's commendable. And, and that's a way to, to think of this all as a journey. I think the, that learning process is just something that, that we can't say enough of. And I'm sure that's not like the only question you get. You, you get a lot of questions from peers, from friends, who are out there and the industry is changing right now. So what are some of those questions you're getting on a regular basis? Oh my goodness. I think people really want to know the timing, how I knew it was the right time, the clients, kind of how I was able to get clients, how I knew I was going to be able to get clients. And I think, again, that all goes back to the right conversations. And then really my, my story, you know, which, you know, some of this, but I, I mean, I began my career in journalism. So I thought I was going to be a journalist. And then I actually got laid off um, from, from my reporter job in 2008 during the financial crisis. And I then went back and had to find another career. And I was getting my master's in media and communications. And I thought I was going to be a reporter. So that was a really interesting moment in my career where I kind of fell into public relations and healthcare and technology. And I'm so glad that I did. And that's, I think, what I would tell your listeners too. If there's like a, you know, an industry that might be, you know, close to what you're doing now, something that maybe you haven't tried before, like maybe it's marketing, you know, you just have to kind of look around and find those parallel industries where you might have enough connections or enough knowledge about it that you could be dangerous. And then also maybe just not having an ego. That would be the other thing. Because when I left my reporter job, I had just gotten my master's in communications and I had to like swallow my pride a little bit and take a job in PR that was paid a lot less and had a lower title you know, for somebody with a master's and I'd already been out in the career force for a while, you know, I have really had to swallow my ego and say, you know what, this is a new industry for me. I'm going to have to learn it. And I did. And I learned it really quickly because I'd already kind of been in a very similar industry. I already knew how to write, you know, so very quickly I was able to, to just take off in PR because I already had a lot of the skills, but I did have to swallow my pride. And I heard from a lot of my friends when, 
right now, especially when they're job hunting, they don't want to swallow their pride. And I do think sometimes you have to, that, that saying, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward. I think that's sometimes true in your career. You know, if you have to learn new skills, you might have to do that, you know, and this could still happen to you or I, you know, it's like sometimes you might have to step back and say, you know what, I want to now go try something else. I haven't done it before. And you do have to prove yourself. And, you know, sometimes that does take, you know, removing the ego from the situation. For sure. I've run into that. I'm not going to lie. You know, <laughs> I've had to figure and out. We, and we could again. I mean, that's the thing too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. What other questions are you getting from folks? You know, so like specific to marketing and, you know, communications, PR, journalism, what questions are specific to our industry? Like how, how are decision points different for our careers? Yeah, absolutely. So well, one of the biggest questions I'm getting from people right now is, am I hiring? <laughs> So that's coming up quite a bit. And I am, by the way, forthuttonmedia.com. Come find me if you're looking for a job. But people really want to understand how the industry is changing right now and how I'm working with clients. And so we're working together in a lot of content development, a lot of social media, you know, things that aren't always traditionally under PR communications. And so people are really interested with that because what we're seeing, larger companies right now, and some of the smaller ones too, but definitely larger companies are looking at their bottom lines very closely right now. And they're seeing what they're paying in communications. And they don't necessarily want to pay the big agency to do everything, all the bells and whistles. And so sometimes they do look at some of the smaller agencies or consultants to come in and take that responsibility one. And then also we're seeing that the we have less reporters to pitch, you know, because of unfortunately, you know, people being laid off. And so we're having to supply that content to the outlets. And so that means then, you know, agencies like mine have to do a lot of content development, which makes it, you know, so crucial that you have people in-house that can write. So that's one of the things I'm definitely, when I'm you know, looking to hire people on, you know, I am very keen on whether or not they have writing skills and then also in what capacities they've written. So anybody that has prior journalism school uh, skills to me is a goldmine because people that have reporter skills, not only do they know how to write, but they know how to write under pressure and they know how to write something quickly, like to learn about it quickly, which is what we do in PR very often. Very true. Very true. Well, I think all of these, as we kind of, you know, start connecting all the, all these dots. I think it's going to be very refreshing for people to hear a lot of these different parts. Uh, I wondered if you could speak to to the role of gender in the workplace today in the workforce. So there are things that I sure hope we are able to say in the very near future, we've eradicated certain gender-based problems from pay to the way we treat each other and the opportunities that are presented. And I like to talk about this stuff. I like to figure it out. I want to be part of a solution. I genuinely, I'm not one who wants to hide behind this this kind of thing. I want to genuinely understand what that's like for someone besides myself. And so I, I'm just curious, you know, how you have felt about either gender inequality in the workplace in, in our industry. Has that affected you at all? Has it been part of any of your career choices? Just what, what has that been like in general? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for asking that question because it's so important. You know, I've been really lucky, I think, in my career, you know, communications is mostly women, you know, just by happenstance. And um, so I've mostly worked with, with women and I've actually, males have actually been the minority. So when I have worked at agencies that have had more men on the staff, it's actually been really refreshing because I think sometimes you just always want other viewpoints, right? Now, I will say it was quite a shock to me when I did go work at a large company 
in-house. There were a lot of strong male personalities there and there weren't as many females. And so that was an interesting experience for me in my career. But I'm incredibly confident. It usually wasn't an issue for me. And every now and then something might come up. But, you know, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like to me when it comes up, it's almost like that it's a systemic problem, I think. And so whenever something occasionally would come up, I would always know I wasn't the only one. And very quickly, I would find out I wasn't the only one that it was affected by a certain person. So I do think there's something behind that, like people not being quiet and speaking up, taking it to HR, or their manager, whatever the process is of that company. And again, I mean, I've not had anything awful happen, but I've you know been close to situations. And I think that's what I would always say is for people to just have a voice and not be scared to say something. Because usually it's, you know, it's like where there's smoke, there's fire and other people have experienced it too. Well, thank you for sharing that. I I feel like this is part of a conversation that has to keep going. And so I'm glad it's it's part of this journey because it absolutely, it is part of every day for, for all of us. And so just understanding really where people are coming from and what they have experienced and how they feel. I know like that is important. That's something anytime I've built a team, any, any relationship, anyone I've ever worked with, I do a better job when I understand where they're coming from and how they feel about things. And so yeah. I'm trying so hard now because now that I'm supervisor and I, I have people working for me, you know, I'm trying just really hard to be sensitive to them and their needs and making sure that I'm listening and all of that. Like I think president Obama said something like the reason he's such a good speaker is because he listens you know, he does a lot more listening than he does speaking. And I think, you know, coming from someone like him, who's such an amazing order, and to say, like, I do a lot of listening, you know, <laughs> to what other people are saying. I think there's something in that for all of us. 100%. So glad you brought that up. That's a great example. Well, Rachel, I, I've loved this. I, I want to give you a couple minutes here as, as we kind of wrap up to mention anything we haven't talked about as far as anything that you'd want to share with those who are trying to figure out just where they are. They either feel paralyzed or... Or they've had something in mind and they don't know when that when that right time is. They have a question, they don't know how to answer it, and they're just trying to figure out what the next thing is in their journey. Uh, what would you share with them? Well, I would just motivate them to just keep keep looking, you know, keep talking to people, asking the right questions, building those relationships because that'll never hurt either, right? Even if even if you are happy in your job right now, still keep reaching out, still keep eating, you know, asking those relationships, having the virtual happy hours, because you just never know where that next, you know, career move is going to be. It's always good to have better and stronger relationships, no matter what you're doing. And it's friendships too, right? It's like, yeah, some of it's work-based, but some of it is social. And um, for them just to not give up and just keep looking around, because like I said, I, I was in, you know, some trouble back in 2008 when the financial crisis hit. I really had to take a good look and say, okay, what career do I want? And, you know, take that as an opportunity. And, you know, just keep being optimistic. I think that's also what I tell them. You know, things are going to get better. COVID eventually is going to end. Keep at it and they'll be successful, I'm sure. Well, thanks so much for giving me a few minutes today. I know people are going to get a lot out of this to hear so much in common with the journeys they're they're trying to go through or are trying to figure out. uh, It's going to be such a relief to people. Stay safe, stay well, keep up all the good work with everything. I can't wait to to hear even more awesome things about Fort Hutman Media. It's just great to see how things are going for you. All the best to you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Rachel and thank you for listening. I hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, please tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Healthcare app is a member of the shift.health content network. 
go check it out at shift.health. It's podcasts and video series about shifting the way healthcare is experienced. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.